0: I do like being right. (laughs) Ask my (laughs) (laughs) ex-husband. Welcome back to the bubble. Can I interest you in a big face coffee? (laughs) This is the Boris Dirk podcast. LeBron James is back in the conference finals. We're going to start out with Lakers Nuggets and then we'll get to the other side of things. Max is in New York with the torn
1: ACL. uh, And we're doing this live. Live in the studio. Yeah. Happy to be back in the old stomping grounds and uh, yeah, ready to dive into the conference finals. Do you have a pick
0: in Lakers Nuggets that feels good that you can sleep with or do you go
1: back and forth? I go back and forth. Um, The core issue that I'm wrestling with is I don't think the Lakers are a very good offensive team and I think The Nuggets have the best offense in the league. And as I've said on previous episodes, an offense with no holes. And part of me just struggles to think that the Lakers can keep up offensively with them, even if their defense is really good. But then on the other hand, I think if you're trying to stop the Nuggets offense, what you would draw up is make Jokic into a one-on-one scorer, and put someone on him who can bother him at least to the point where he's not, you know, the most efficient high volume scorer in the league anymore. Yeah. And then just kind of deal with everyone else. And if you're going to drop a team to do that, Anthony Davis is probably the guy you'd want to put on Jokic and the Lakers have enough supporting defensive talent to try to take away the other options. So, it's a bit of a strength on strength matchup for sure.
0: Yeah. So, we've got the bubble for some back in town. I think my worry as a Lakers fan, I, I have concerns on both sides. And the reason I asked if you have a favorite is because I I keep going back and forth in my head. And what I've kind of settled on is Lakers in six, Nuggets in seven. Like someone will win this at home is basically my thought process. But it's going to be close either way. A few years ago, we were in this exact situation, and I think that I was already ready to put Jokic above AD at, in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And then, if I remember correctly, Jokic was good, but AD outplayed him. AD looked like a top five player in the league. This is like when AD was healthy for a long enough stretch that we were ready to kind of put him back at the very top. Yeah. But, as a Lakers fan, I worry about this version of of AD three years later. So much of what's kept him locked in in the playoffs when shots aren't falling is his defense. And, you know, he's been maybe the. De- depoy of the playoffs yeah um Depop yeah and uh Depop already is something but uh and 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 nobody's gonna stop Jokic like we can just assume that if Jokic doesn't have the series he just had against the Suns that he will still get his numbers yeah he he will still uh be an absolute bully and I worry the same way I worried about what AD could do to the chemistry fabric of the Suns I worry that a that 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 what Jokic could do to the Suns I worry that he'll do that to the Lakers Mm -hmm. that AD is just a very rich man's Aiden and that if Jokic is dominating AD on offense because Jokic dominates everyone on offense uh will AD lose that bit of confidence that seems to turn him from an absolutely elite player into like LeBron needs more help and this is not who AD 30 or 31 was supposed to be but again three years ago um AD rose to the challenge so uh, uh, yeah it's just yeah. I, I I don't think AD is going to be better than Jokic in this series and I wonder what that will do to Laker to the Lakers locker room because I still think it meant something that ad looked emotionally out at certain parts of this year
1: mm-hmm.
0: as good as he's been the last couple of weeks he was sitting down when LeBron broke the record I don't buy that he was just getting rest or he tweets some. I mean maybe he tweets something that's the most believable explanation
1: um but, but we
0: but we know that these Lakers relationships are fragile
1: I think the explanation that came out was that he was mad they were losing yeah but and then but okay so the other thing about that series in the bubble it was so it was a 4-1 Lakers win. Yeah. Although it was a closer series than that because Lakers were up 1-0 and game two AD hit a buzzer beating three, which seems incomprehensible now. But he hit a buzzer beating three to put them from down one to up two to win the game. Yeah. So if he doesn't hit that, it's 1-1. And that series is probably at least a six-game series, possibly longer. Yeah. Um, Lakers still probably win it. I'd say this Lakers team is probably worse than that bubble champion Lakers team at the very least because that team had LeBron operating at a close to peak performance level, whereas this one, he's at, you know, 85%, 80%, something like that, which is still a very high level player in the NBA, but is not like, you know, best player in the league level and AD's been their best player throughout the playoffs. Um, although it was reassuring to see that LeBron can sort of reach into the bag and pull out a a sort of vintage dominant performance like he did in game six against the Warriors, where he just dominated every aspect of the game athletically, pace wise, defensively, facilitating from the start. Um, so it was encouraging to see that that's still in there from a Lakers perspective, but from the Nuggets perspective, this team's definitely better than the team they had in the bubble. That team was starting um you know Paul Millsap and Will Barton who actually I don't even know they were starting Gary Harris Will Barton was off the bench and when you swap out I think KCP is basically just a better version of Gary Harris and a you know the combination of Aaron Gordon and then Michael Porter Jr. coming in in the offense just makes it so that uh I'm curious to see how the Lakers are going to match up with them also that Lakers team had more bodies to throw at Jokic like there was a game where Dwight Howard just sort of went on Jokic and bothered him and, yeah. and just sort of got under his skin and that he, sure it only worked for one game, but still that's like, you know, that's, you only need four wins. And if you can have a game where Dwight Howard kind of bothers Jokic and gets him into fluky foul trouble, yeah, that helps you get to one. And then you only have three to go. And now they don't have that. So like, I don't know if we'll see more Mo Bamba in this series, mm-hmm. who he basically hasn't played at all in the playoffs. I don't even know if he's been healthy, but um. It's going to be a lot of Anthony Davis on Jokic and sort of seeing who can get two quick fouls on the other guy first. That's probably going to decide at least a couple of these games. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what from a fan perspective, I don't know what more you can ask for besides the best offensive player in the league and Jokic going against the best defensive player in the league and Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, for for the reason that the Lakers, I think, are worse than they were then and the Nuggets are better, than they were then I think I'm leaning nuggets and seven but at the same time the Lakers have just shown an ability to adapt throughout these playoffs that is difficult to bet against
0: yeah uh I think I didn't even give enough credit to AD for that series now I pulled up the stats from the 2020 conference finals where AD had 55 free throw attempts in five games uh and next most free throw attempts in the series were LeBron and Jamal Murray tied at 32. Uh, so AD was the assertive version of him that we used to be used to, and now we're just elated when he shows up. Um, also, you know, obviously this is pre ACL Jamal. Um, I still am like all in on Jamal as like a playoff show or upper. He only shot nine for 29 from three in 2020. Uh, he made all his twos he was 52% overall but 31 from 3 uh i you know i expect jamal to make more threes this time around uh and maybe be less of the focal point than jokic as we're used to at this stage of the nuggets development jokic also interestingly only played 33 minutes a game in that series. I don't remember if it was foul trouble um, or if it was, you know, an occasional matchup thing, but obviously we're at a point in history now where Jokic is going to play closer to 40 minutes a game in this series. And yeah, and, and the case KCP was huge for them in that, in that, in that Lakers run. Mm -hmm. And now obviously he's on the other side. Uh, Jokic in 2020 against the Lakers delivered a 22, seven and five series kind of reminds me of like, almost what we just saw from Katie against the Sun uh, yeah. against the Nuggets like he did his job he was efficient he showed up but it's just not it's not enough like usage rate needs to be at an all-time high Jokic needs to be you know averaging one of his absurd 30-point triple doubles um for the Nuggets to have a chance at this thing um and also interestingly like michael porter junior was kind of on his come up a, a few years ago he shot amazing splits against the lakers only averaged 12 points a game 22 minutes uh because his defense was a concern and it still is uh and and weirdly like michael porter it feels like you can kind of expect the exact same series from him now obviously with all the injuries his career is stalled um i do think that the lakers have the 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 role the role call the role player advantage now um and it's not just because they have KCP um like I just think Schroeder has earned our confidence now in the playoffs uh like you said it's when you w- when you go and get a guy uh, a role player for this part of the season like one get one game in a series is enough it only yeah. takes one 15 point Lonnie Walker performance Last time for the Lakers in this matchup, they were relying heavily on guys like Caruso, Kuzma, you've mentioned Dwight, um I, Rondo. Rondo. Uh a little bit of Javale. Uh, but this time around, uh with the, with the reshaped Lakers, I do think that they're like five to eight or four to seven is they have the they have the edge. And that's why we're just gonna need another MVP level Jokic performance. How do you think the Lakers are equipped? to handle the Murray Jokic two-man game
1: whoever has the ball yeah so my guess I think the I don't think the Lakers can score enough with the Vanderbilt starting lineup to hang in the series yeah um I just think the Nuggets offense is too efficient and the Lakers are a little too easy to guard when you're playing Vanderbilt and Davis together um, even though the Nuggets are probably the weakest defense, or they are the weakest defense the Lakers have faced so far this postseason. Yeah. But um so I I to go a little bit more offense, I think we'll probably see a lot of that three-guard lineup with Schroeder, Russell, and Reeves. Yeah. Um, a lot of Rui. I I don't think it's a big Vanderbilt series because unless you want to put him on Jamal Murray to chase him around, like he can't guard Jokic and they don't have wings to put him on that really makes sense like doesn't it's kind of a waste of his talents to have him like chase around Michael Porter Jr or yeah. Aaron Gordon like that's not really and, what and also
0: and also just another excuse for Jokic to remain planted in the paint on defense and exactly like, um yeah it's, it's, that'll be weird because I do love Vanderbilt and I, I I do I love Vanderbilt for what he is and how he never. Sort of outstretches his role, yeah, and and uh, he knows exactly who he is offensively, but yeah, that allows Jokic to relax. Like, also, Murray is the type of lead perimeter scorer that the Lakers have often assigned Vanderbilt uh to slow down. So yeah. I don't. That, yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't a big Vanderbilt
1: series. They could start that way in game one. My feeling is, if you're gonna have. If you're going to have to have AD guard Jokic, I think you should also make sure that they need to have Jokic guard Embiid. Sorry, Mm -hmm. Jokic guard AD. Um, (laughs) Freudian slip. We'll get to Embiid later. But uh, if you have Vanderbilt on the floor, Jokic can kind of guard Vanderbilt. And, you know, if they try to bring him into pick and roll, Vanderbilt's just not that much of a threat as, like, you know, a roller. He's not going to go dunk on people. He's decent as, like, a playmaker. Um, but I think they'll have to go to Schroeder to, to match the offensive Denver a little bit. And Schroeder makes sense to chase around Jamal Murray. I think he can give him some issues. So if you've got Schroeder and AD in that pick and roll, um, that's not a bad matchup against Murray and Jokic, um there and if it's if it's AD and Vanderbilt that's a great matchup it's just on the other end where you have concerns about that. So, yeah. I'm curious to see personnel wise what they do. What's been cool about this Lakers team since the deadline is they just have a lot of different cards to play. Um like if they want to put if they want to put Vanderbilt on Murray, they can get away with that and sort of have AD on Jokic and LeBron on sort of nominally on aaron gordon but able to roam around and disrupt things on the back line and then you know d chasing around kcp i don't love the idea of either d or austin reeves guarding michael porter jr i think that could be a big swing factor in this denver series compared to the bubble series is um <laughs> If you have Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell or Schroeder guarding Michael Porter Jr., he just like doesn't even see him. You can just shoot over the top of him. And if Jokic is feeding him good spot up looks, that could be a real issue for the Lakers, where they, you know, have a lot of size and aggregate in their team. But if they go to that three-guard lineup, you're gonna have someone guarding Michael Porter Jr. who doesn't really bother him. So that could be an interesting matchup for Denver to try to exploit. I think the Lakers have the bodies to be able to guard the Murray Jokic pick and roll in a in a decent way where you don't have to sort of get into overhelping situations and scrambling around um and as I said sort of at the start really it seemed like in that Phoenix series the moments where Phoenix had Denver the most uncomfortable was where they were able to make Jokic play one on one and I Think the Lakers are probably going to try to do that as much as possible, and if there's anyone you would try to put on Jokic one-on-one to make them uncomfortable, it's probably AD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of twisting myself into knots thinking about this series. Probably leading on Nuggets in seven, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard to know because the Suns
0: were a really good team, but their defense was bad, and this Lakers defense has already shown a knack for reducing role players to their most glaring weaknesses. So, like now that those nuggets have escaped the Suns, are we going to see like Bruce Brown as a non-shooter Christian Brown as a non-shooter uh Aaron is Aaron Gordon going to be able to shoot enough or is LeBron just going to like mind him uh you know will Michael Porter Jr. be the Jordan Poole of this series mm-hmm. to the point that Mike Malone does, just can't keep Porter on the floor and then he has, and then they have to play with less shooting and the Lakers can start to do the thing that some teams have done with the Lakers where they say like, all right, with the nuggets where it's like, okay, Jokic and Murray get your 60 combined, but no one else is going to get going. Right. Uh, Nobody knows KCP better than LeBron, but you know, I think KCP is pretty secure in his role at this point. Like he's a catch and shoot good defender, but it, but it's it's some of these more malleable nuggets role players. It'll be really interesting to see what a much more legit defense
1: uh, does to them. I mean, I feel like the Lakers will have to use some of their bigger bodies, which have been... They basically don't play a backup center right now. Like, it's AD, yeah, a sprinkling of Wenyan Gabriel, and then, like, Mo Bamba's been hurt and or DNP coach's decision. And every time they pan to the Lakers bench, I'm reminded that Tristan Thompson is also on the team. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if they'll try Tristan Thompson to sort of do his best Dwight Howard impression in this series. Um, I would expect the Lakers to come out with their I feel like usually coaches roll with their normal starting lineups in game one of a series just to see if it ain't broke don't fix it I guess for for uh game one but I think they just won't be able to hang offensively with Vanderbilt on the court so they'll have to move to that three guard lineup um by you know early in the series
0: yeah
1: and you know LeBron and AD sort of being a little bit more liable to wear down. I don't know how the sort of Denver home court altitude may play into things a little bit. I mean, LeBron's insanely well conditioned, so I don't necessarily expect that that to wear him down on its own, but um, might take some adjusting to in the first couple games of the series at the very least. So, I mean, I expect Denver to kind of throw the first punch in the series and then, but I I think it'll follow a similar pattern to how the other Lakers series have gone where they, you know, can get a split on the road. And then, I mean, both of these teams have been incredible at home. Neither has lost yet at home in these playoffs. So for as many problems as the Jokic Murray two-man game play sort of plays for the Lakers, I don't think the Nuggets have a have a great way of dealing with the LeBron AD two-man game. I was listening to some analysis earlier that was talking about how both the Warriors and the Grizzlies were able to switch that yeah pick and roll between LeBron and AD and that sort of neutralized it a little bit but the Nuggets can't really do that because they don't want to put um Jokic on LeBron yeah so that's another reason why I think Vanderbilt won't see a ton of time because if you want to make Jokic guard AD so that they can kind of weaponize that whereas if Vanderbilt's on the court. Then you're doing the pick and roll yeah this is not as effective
0: yeah that's that's where things get scary for the nuggets because they don't have the like dylan brooks jaron jackson uh pick and roll defensive duo or for the warriors like draymond and wiggins for mm-hmm. instance where obviously you're still going against like all-time great shot makers but you feel better about your chances at the same time a lot of what makes ad such a great defensive free safety could be neutralized by Jokic's ability to just set up shop mm-hmm. at the nail or by, or even at the top of the at the top of the three-point line there won't be AD won't be waiting in the wing on drives and cuts that might be an argument for giving Vanderbilt a chance in this series as like the secondary rim protector just to have some size yeah um obviously like Rui's really big like if you're the Lakers you're hoping Rui gives you one of his you know 20 pointers in the series and maybe Rui matches up decently well with Michael Porter Jr mm-hmm. like let's just play our scoring defensively liable uh six eight guy or like uh, yoke Michael Porter's a little bigger than that yeah um
1: Rui might be a little bigger than that
0: the more I think about it the more I lean LA mm. just because I I think that the Lakers don't have a set in stone five best guys yeah sometimes D needs to play because he's giving you offensive juice sometimes he needs to not play because he's not making shots and he's operating in his own world offensively and his defense is as usual really bad but, but like when the Lakers can't play their five best guys at once it doesn't feel like a constraint it feels more like options and right. like good like Darvin Ham can roll with the right guy night on a night-to-night basis whereas with Denver i think that very very clearly like in a, in a vacuum you want murray kcp mpj gordon and Jokic together yeah and Br- bruce brown has moments uh but outside of those like six guys like um there's less optionality with the nuggets and that's why there were moments in the regular season where people got a little bit worried about um the depth of the roster yeah they've stayed healthy to this point but they're looking at like extreme thinness if any one of those guys tweak something, which seems to happen all, in all of these series. Whereas, you know, the Lakers just baking injury risk into the whole thing. Like as much as I love Schroeder, if Schroeder rolls his ankle, like the Lakers still have a bunch of different looks that they feel good about. Right. Um, you know, Bruce Brown gets hurt or, or KCP falls on his wrist. And I feel like Denver suffers way more right off the bat. Yeah a lot of this will come down to like how electric is Jamal Murray because he can get his shot against anyone in the world and so are we going to get like a more pedestrian for his standards like you know 21 four and five series or are we going to get like the dynamo like bubble Jamal Murray that lit shit up against the Jazz uh the guy that we've seen take playoff games into his own hands Mm obviously it's Jokic's team but Murray has the chance to be the best player on the floor in any one of these games yeah and 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 so we'll see what happens when he pushes his lower body to the brink because obviously it's his first year back from a really long absence and the minutes have added up in this postseason I trust LeBron always I mean we saw LeBron in game six against the Warriors just like he's got the Vince Carter I've got one more in me whenever it seems like whenever uh whenever needed he answers the call and he can stop panting on the on the bench and like get up there and do and again get like the LeBron 29 eight and eight yeah I feel like I'd I'd be a complete fool to say like this is the series where LeBron's age catches up to him and he fizzles out because he just looked really really good against the defending champs and everyone's tired at the end of these bloodfest playoff games yeah we know that we're gonna get greatness from Jokic and LeBron It's like, what are we going to get? Which AD are we going to get on a nightly basis and which Jamal Murray are we going to get? Even when Jamal Murray had his more pedestrian like seven for 17 nights against the Suns, I still felt like his presence was felt and like his buckets were important buckets. Um, He makes, you know, these tough like back down the smaller guard Mm -hmm. fadeaway twos that are, you know, that 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 becomes so much more valuable in the playoffs that'll be the story of this series and in in my opinion is like what what do we get from the number twos on both sides yeah
1: no murray will be the barometer i agree
0: so on the other
1: side of things
0: we have the series that a lot of people i trust think is going to be over pretty soon yep and i get it i think i've been saying this for weeks i feel like god's been trying to give the celtics a title for like seven years now but dating back to Kyrie in Boston even though he wasn't a part of their conference finals run when LeBron ended everything for them the Celtics have been on the brink for a while and I I think this team is capable of winning a title but I'm still really scared I I feel like I was more confident in the Celtics last year
1: which is funny because I think this team is more talented than, it's yeah the same team but you added Malcolm Brogdon and yeah Derek White I'd say although he slowed down a bit towards the end of the Philly series has been a better Derek White than what they had last year
0: yeah I expect Jimmy to be the best player in this series that's just that's just where I'm at uh Tatum is amazing and I find myself constantly wishing that I could mesh Tatum's brilliant skill with Jalen's attack mindset yeah and I also feel kind of foolish saying that after Tatum just had the game of his career yeah um game six in Milwaukee last year game seven in Philly this year or game seven in Boston this year Tatum delivered and but for some reason I just I still have reservations uh I don't like that he's talking about where he ranks in the league I told you I don't like that he tweeted about having the best Celtic scoring season ever because the job isn't even close to being finished yeah I can't help but feel like the Heat are going to be the tougher team in this series they might just be way too out skilled and way too out talented but I'm gonna pick the heat wow I'm picking I'm picking the heat you're picking a
1: bubble rematch
0: I'm not confident with either of these picks anyone who is is full of shit uh I still expected the Bucks to beat the heat without Giannis for like half the series yeah and the heat made me feel really stupid and I refuse to let them make me feel stupid again none of none of this makes sense but I think that it can really do a number on the Celtics who have had all these existential questions Jalen Brown's impending contract Derek white being like their third best player and then like not and then looking more like erratic last year Derek white Uh uh-huh um Malcolm Brogdon thinking Tyrese Maxey's on the Celtics Rob Williams kind of be looking amazing and then not playing and then being the key to them beating the Sixers Al Horford being an elite shooter and then not being an elite shooter, like the Celtics are an emotional roller coaster, and 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 maybe I'm nitpicking, and it's a great thing that they have all of these guys that can be a, a key piece on any given night. I feel like the Heat are playing with such freedom and house money, and and I think they'll have the best player in the series, and I would take Bam over the entire Celtics front court. Uh
1: huh. Most of my brain is is telling me Celtics. Um, as a Knicks fan who just went through an entire series with the Heat, uh, it was pretty scarring. So that's definitely making me question my brain a little bit. Yeah. You said the Heat will probably be the tougher team. I think without a doubt they will be the tougher team. Um, the Knicks are a team that thoroughly out-toughed, bullied, and physical the Cavs and the heat just completely overwhelmed them in all of those categories in the series they played together and the knicks were a team that you know kind of out the celtics at various points in the regular season yep. and just against the heat they just the heat had so much of a mental edge um so much of just a, a tough toughness edge and you know i agree with you i think jimmy's probably going to be the best player in the series uh you know bam's not going to shrink from the moment lowry has kind of reclaimed his vintage lowry through this playoff run starting in that ironically starting in that playoff game they lost against atlanta where he was awesome um but through the series against milwaukee he was valuable and then against the knicks it felt like he was making even in the games he didn't shoot very well he made a ton of winning plays and just little pesky things that would keep either the Knicks from gaining momentum or from catching up I mean I think the heat with that threesome and then whatever they can scrounge out of of Streus and Robinson and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin all these different guys they have they can definitely make it a series talent wise I think this is a Celtics and five yeah um but when you factor in the mental edge the toughness all these different things I Still think I, I lean Celtics because I think the talent advantage is very stark and I'd say Celtics in six or seven. I also think the Celtics are pretty well equipped to, like in the in the Knicks series, the Heat would always get the Knicks into these kind of wild rotations where they just be driving all these closeouts and kicking it out to shooters and it all starts from like the Knicks double-teaming Jimmy Butler or something. The Celtics are, just have, really solid to elite defenders at every position where they'll be more willing to switch everything. Yeah. Which I think can help kind of gum up the heat's offense a little bit. So I think the heat will struggle to score much more against Boston than they have against uh, both the Knicks and Milwaukee, just because they can't, they won't be able to get them into sort of wild rotation as often, but you know, Jimmy didn't have to go real playoff Jimmy against the Knicks. He's, had some time to rest up his ankle injury. He's probably got a couple 45 point crazy games in him against the Celtics, at least one of which will end up in a win. Maybe the Heat have another hot shooting game that gets them a win. Uh and then you're just one more win away from a game seven. So I I lean Celtics in six. I think their talent advantage is pretty stark and at least they have some experience going up against this Heat team from last year. So I guess I'm leaning towards the Celtics Nuggets final a couple of the Celtics wins will probably be like 25 point blowouts yeah. and the heat wins might be like by three or five. That's the thing about the playoffs. You just need to get the four yeah. wins.
0: <laughs> and, and one of them is going to be a game where the Celtics were up by like 17 in the third quarter. Yes. Yeah. It's it just, it seems like the heat are physically incapable of losing in five games. I know <laughs> even yeah. though the talent I totally agree dictates that ever since last year's buck Celtic series, and I think you and I both, after the Chris Middleton injury news, picked the Celtics in six. I said
1: five. I oh, you
0: might have said five. Yeah. And since then, since I watched Giannis take them to the brink, and then I felt like they underperformed against the Heat. That was a series they were supposed to win, and they barely pulled away in seven. There were moments before that final series. I don't even remember if I ended up picking Warriors or Celtics, but. I thought the Celtics had a real chance of winning it all Uh, and I was all in on this like you know eight really good player rotation that they have and now I have moments where I lean more cynical like do they have too many guys Mm. because playoff rotations tend to just whittle themselves down to seven or so guys which leaves really good players angry bad body language on the bench like Grant Williams he's he's he was a non-factor for most of the last few weeks for them Brogdon Derek White and Marcus Smart can't be on the floor at the same time
1: Mm.
0: and you know like those are three guys that would be playing crunch time for the majority of the league right the Heat are playing with such freedom where you know like it's Spo in his kitchen cooking with whatever he needs everyone's playing a little bit more than they ever expected to at this juncture yeah except this you know bam and jimmy minutes we get from duncan robinson are a plus kevin love kevin love is suddenly a factor outplayed julius randall in a key playoff game yep cody martin sorry caleb martin uh the you know the guy who became like a max player against the knicks I just I I think that there's something to be said for the levity that the heat enter this uh series with and obviously not behind their doors like in heat territory right now like they have it's a must win and Mm. all of the heat culture stuff but if they lose it's still another fantastic funny inexplicable heat story yeah the Celtics lose Stephen A is going to be saying it's time to break it up, even yeah. though it, it won't be. If yeah. it happens, it still won't be, but it but it's going to happen. Marcus Smart, if they lose, will have taken too many shots. And, or, you know, and I say what if they lose. I also like if they're losing in the series or if things aren't looking good, Al Horford will be washed up. Robert Williams will be talented, but a sad story about a guy who could never stay healthy. Yeah just all of these hyper neurotic Celtics world things yeah I can't let the heat hurt me again (laughs) I I can't I can't be wondering why I didn't pick Jimmy's team again especially against a team whose mental toughness has been questioned time and time again
1: yeah and I think the heat can probably coax the Celtics into some of their kind of worse base tendencies of of isolation and things like that where they have they have a lot of guys they can throw at Jalen and and Tatum between Jimmy like they're comfortable switching Bam onto either one of those guys Mm -hmm. Caleb Martin um I guess those are kind of the the main bodies you'd want to throw at them once you got starting start getting into the Max Strews Kyle Lowry Gabe Vincent it's a little bit more of a problem so yeah but at the same time I think I mean Tatum, and this this is hard for me to say as someone who who really doesn't like the Boston Celtics, but it's it's old hat at this point. Tatum, you know he's only nineteen. He's not only nineteen, but he's only twenty five. Um, and the honestly, his just consistent presence in the playoffs through his entire career. It's crazy, it's insane. He came into the league in the twenty seventeen draft. And he was in the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals, the uh, 2019 second round, 2020 Conference Finals, 2021 Conference Finals, 2022 Finals, 2023 Conference Finals. Like whatever these playoff like total stat records are that LeBron's got like a chokehold on, he's going to be very high on those lists by the end of his careers because it seems like he's just going to be on. He came. Into a good team when he was drafted, and he's just going to be on good teams, it yeah. seems like, for the rest of his career. And
0: that's why we, I think, probably, I don't cut him enough slack. Yeah. Because you, you you put players in playoff games, and there are going to be a lot of duds. Uh, <laughs> You know, like... Like, yeah.
1: he just turned 25, and beads going to turn 30 next year. Yeah. And he doesn't have a playoff game that comes close to, to Tatum's game six in Milwaukee yeah. last year or his game seven this year. And that's, there's a separate MB discussion where like, you know, he, he had a chance to play himself into sort of that best player in the league discussion, which he was firmly in in the regular season, but he just hasn't had a playoff moment to like, the closest thing was maybe game five of the Celtics series, but he hasn't had a signature playoff series win that you can point to where he sort of belongs in that conversation in the way that even jokic like coming back from 3-1 on that clippers team or beating the sun's team has been able to sort of entrench himself and then of course guys like Giannis, who's won a title steph who's won multiple titles um who knows where ad will be when this playoff run is done but yeah all these other guys who are sort of going for their first titles who who seem like they are sort of due are in their 28 29 30 um yeah and he's already built up quite the playoff resume where yeah he has sort of the the games you'd like to have back uh sort of you know the three for 14 but the Devin Booker elimination game as we dubbed it uh, uh on the last episode but to close that Sixers series out he played five pretty flawless quarters of basketball with his back against the wall um in a way that I think is was was a pretty you know declarative statement of like he he can really deliver on this level
0: yeah um but the heat seem like the heat if the heat are masters of putting the nail in the coffin some of the best Jason Tatum performances to date have been like like you said back against the wall performances that's I think what stresses me out about Tatum is I feel like he's not as much of like a take it to you from the jump superstar mm-hmm. it's like I'll have my whole fan base question if I'm a true number one before I have one of the best performances of the year um and I feel like the heat will close that window on you quickly uh that you know in the way that like uh the Sixers will will leave the window open or you know the Bucks shorthanded last year without Middleton like. Obviously, what Tatum did was incredible, but they were late series, almost like relief performances for his fan base. Right. Um, As opposed to like the alpha Jimmy experience where he'll just come out in game one and just be angry at you for things you haven't even said yet. (laughs) You know, the same way we talked about AD versus Jamal. This might be a Bam versus Jalen type Mm -hmm. of series, too, Mm -hmm. where we can just pencil in each team's top guy to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen is so good and like Jalen outplayed Tatum last year in the finals I feel like Bam is much more clearly the number two in Miami than Jalen is in Boston right even if Tatum has the best ceiling right
1: yeah the last thing I'll say about um both these conference finals is I'm just I'm very happy that um we get sort of a a live action remake of the bubble yeah because those were Those were, I mean, those were four really good teams. And there were some kind of all-time moments in both of those, whether it's AD's three or BAM's block of the Tatum dunk in game one of that Heat Celtics series from 2020, that kind of get lost to history a little bit just because the bubble is sort of this such a weird. Yeah, we got to put that to bed, kind of event, and yeah, hopefully,
0: hopefully, LeBron haters can take that part.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just hoping that these series deliver the same kind of epic moments that that those did, um, and in a way with a crowd where they'll be able to be fully appreciated. I think my favorite thing about this Lakers run is that AD and LeBron have finally gotten to have like signature playoff moments in front of a Lakers crowd in a way that they hadn't had in their time as Lakers um even though they'd won a championship just because it happened in the bubble in the next year there was the weird sun series where they were winning sort of but then AD got hurt and then it was kind of a blowout from there on out and then there was the Russ debacle where they just traded away their entire core for him and it was a terrible fit but yeah I'm hoping that you know we get those same sort of signature moments as that AD Kobe shot and the the bam block on Tatum and and some of the other moments that we had from those conference finals series um in the bubble with you know actual fans present now the
0: NBA lottery is tomorrow May 16th and Max has just finished his tape on Victor Wembanyama. the yep. next Zion Chet Holmgren <laughs> physical anomaly that is a physical anomaly for a reason and probably won't work out yes. and uh I'm really, actually, for the first time in my life, praying the Blazers do not win the lottery. Winning the lottery for me this year is getting the second pick and getting Scoot Henderson and just having like the next our next quarterback.
1: Disagree with Drew. I think Wembanyama is the clear number one pick. Surprise, <laughs> 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 but he's he's just someone who the defensive ceiling is absurd. He when you watch him in the French Pro League where he's leading in points rebounds and blocks and possibly other categories as well it's a similar effect to how Anthony Davis was against the Warriors and how Embiid has been at times against the Celtics where the paint is just not an option for scoring and at the same time you can see him switch on to guards and kind of hold his own on the perimeter if he gets a hand up to contest a three-point shot he's seven foot four with an absurd wingspan and the amount of arc that you have to put on the ball just to get it over him makes it so that it's really hard to hit a three if he's anywhere near you um in the in the games that I watched of him in the three games I watched and I probably saw you know 15 three-point attempts I only saw two of them go in and one of them was banked like they're absolute prayers if you're shooting them over him and you know he gets a lot of hype for his offensive skill level for a guy his size personally I think the offensive game is much more raw than the defensive game he certainly flashes the ability to hit jumpers off the dribble he has a great handle for his size good touch for his size um he's got a good free throw stroke which generally tends to lend itself to a good shooting stroke um and can shoot over anyone but at the same time he can get pushed off his spots and he's got a high center of gravity um and at times takes you know bad shots or he'll he'll shoot turnarounds that get all backboard and things like that you know the highlights are never as good as as they make it seem but I just think on defense he's a legit defensive player of the year prospect who also flashes these ball handling passing feel for the game and shooting skills in a seven foot four body which we've never seen and you know if there was another prospect in the draft who I think had you know first team all NBA and Scoot Henderson might have first team all NBA upside but real kind of multi-time MVP perennial all-star all-time great upside then sure I'd, I'd see the case for taking him at one over Victor but I see Scoot Henderson as more in the kind of perennial all-star um Russell Westbrook John John Wall Wall, Derek I see Derek Rose for him honestly I think his play style reminds me most of Derek Rose out of all those athletic point guards and you know athletic point guards come with an injury risk of their own although I think he's a little bit more under control than someone like Ja. yeah um but elite passer yeah good passer he's got a good mid-range pull-up um, already and he's he's got a high level of polish compared to some of the really athletic guards you see come into the NBA and probably playing with G League Ignite for two years has helped with that those two and Brandon Miller are all very high level prospects um, but Victor just you know has that thing we've never seen before and generational player type talent that I think you just can't pass up
0: it seems like the heat sort of ended brad stevens's time as coach of the celtics seems like he's done a great job in the front office but yeah. i think this is this will be just like the bubble another celtics coach will be eaten alive <laughs> by eric spolstra and i think it's the coaching mental edge and the superstar mental edge that is leading me to nearly irrationally choose the least talented team left in the playoffs to get to the finals heat culture we'll be back soon peace